0: Hello and welcome back. Last week, we discussed meal planning like a pro. We addressed some misconceptions about meal planning, gave you a lot of tips to help you be successful, and we talked about the Plant Power Program. Today, we're gonna build off that topic and talk about making mealtimes more enjoyable. Get ready to learn how to to enjoy sitting down to eat with your family instead of dreading it. Mealtimes can be chaotic, stressful, and unenjoyable. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it didn't have to be that way? Making changes to something that we do daily is never an easy task. It is really challenging and it can take time to break old habits. Making small changes will help you to have a better meal experience, as well as teach and instill healthy eating and family values in your children. Today, we're gonna teach you some strategies to help make it happen. All right,
1: let's dive in. Hi, I'm Jess Taylor. And I'm Natalie Ringgeis. And we love the green life. Welcome to our podcast. We are both teachers, mamas, nature lovers, and passionate about changing the world we live in and helping to save the planet by inspiring others. Join
0: us as we discuss practical ways to live a
1: more sustainable, healthy, and green life for you, your family, and even your fur babies. Love the Green Life is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes cruelty-free, chemical-free, and compassionate living. You can learn more about us and what we do
0: at lovethegreenlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram at lovethegreenlife.org. For those of you that may not know me I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and I make a lot of our meals. I'm the main cook for our family and I've also spent 14 years teaching. In that teaching experience I ate with my class. That was just part of the culture of the school I was teaching in and I watched children eat every day and follow them through for the rest of the day. Children Nutrition is something that was really prevalent in my daily life, and so it's something that's really important to me because I could see how it affected the kids that I was teaching and their academic performance. Right now there's some research that's saying that we're not doing a good job getting kids to eat fruits and vegetables. It's just saying we're not doing well. We have an achievement gap. Our children's future right now is being threatened by this achievement gap, and it's caused in large part by their inability to learn on a diet of highly processed foods and sugar that's served in schools. That's a huge threat. If you're a kid and you are hungry, you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling brain fog. You're not going to learn well. You're not going to want to participate. You're not going to attend well. You're going to have a negative attitude toward your schoolwork that day. You're going to have a negative attitude toward working with your peers. And when you're playing, you're not going to want to play. You're not going to want to try things. You're going to just not feel your best when you're five, six, seven, eight years old or any age. But early childhood is the zone I was spending a lot of my time with. Mm -hmm. We need to find out ways to eliminate sugar. And as we know, it's really hard to take candy away from a baby. and we need to do this and this is not just oh yeah sure we need to get our kids to eat fruits and vegetables okay got it no as a planet right now chronic disease is the single biggest threat to global economic development heart disease diabetes cancer obesity related conditions right now one in two americans and one in four teenagers have pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes i get so scared when I say these statistics (laughs) there was an article in JMA internal medicine in 2019 this is extremely recent research that for every 10% of your diet that comes from processed food your risk of death goes up 14% as a mama like mama bear comes out nope not my babies (laughs) and my teacher heart comes out nope not my class not my kids Mm -hmm. you know teachers will often refer to their students as their kids you don't want, no, not my academic bubble. I'm in charge of those brains. I don't want those brains to be sluggish and grumpy and not perform well academically. So for me, my drive to get my kids to enjoy mealtimes and enjoy trying new foods comes from a place that's a lot deeper than just, yep, eat your fruits and vegetables.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree with you. My whole reason for getting into clean eating was the health aspect of it, reading these statistics, watching documentaries that talked about what was in the food that I was eating. And I don't want those long term diseases and illnesses. Once I found out that, you know, we were going to have a baby that pushed me even more. I have no control over what he will eat as a teenager other than like at home. And as an adult, I won't have control over what he eats. But right now I do. I am very adamant about what we feed him and making sure he has organic foods, he has not processed foods or artificial flavors, colors, all that stuff. I'm doing everything I can to To build that basis for him so not only for when he gets older so he can know that and make better choices then but also he has a really good foundation that he's grown up on now Mm -hmm. i think you
0: know we have all these awesome intentions and especially as Moms, we have these intentions where we want our kids to really eat a clean diet. But I know that as much intentionality I have put into meal planning and meal times with my family, there are meals that just don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just a time when my three year old has just gone on a just strike. I will not touch <laughs> That orange carrot, nope, not happening. And so I think before we get into a lot of these strategies, because we have a ton here, we have so many ideas for you to get your family. to Mm -hmm. eat better and get your kids to buy in on this path for wellness for their best well-being. But I also want to kind of caveat and say, like, there's times where it's just going to bomb. You know, when your three-year-old is going to be a three-year-old and you just have to breathe and go, okay, not today. (laughs) Today's not the one that's going to work. But we really hope that things that we tell you today give you something, give you that strategy, give you something in your bag of tricks as a parent to really help you.
1: And really with everything, it's really just finding that balance. It's not about achieving 100% all the time. No one is perfect. And like you said, that's just what it is. My son is in love with peanut butter and jelly. He asks for PBJ every day. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. He cannot have it every day. But once in a while, there it is. It's the day that, uh, well, I did not get that cooked for lunch today. So guess what today is? <laughs> Today's yeah. a PBJ day. Even that you can do in a healthier manner. PBJ doesn't have to be just white bread with jelly made from high fructose corn syrup. We use natural fruit spread with organic peanut butter that has nothing added to it and ancient grain bread. So it's healthier. And then I make sure he gets a serving of fruit and vegetables with it. Yes, it's not what I would typically give him for lunch, but it's not awful. And he eats it. It is really about finding balance, finding what they love. He loves olives. So anything I can put olives in is a huge score for him. He would eat black olives with every meal, finding those things that they like, and then finding maybe new recipes or new ways of doing it. So you can add those other things in for them. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think what we want to try to do is just try to set up your eating experience with your children try to set you up for success. I think that's the best you can do is say, okay, today's on a PB&J day, but this is what we have going on. And this is how we can have fun with it. This is how we can play. This is how we can learn. This is how we can grow. I think modeling that positive attitude, like, yep, I know it's not what you normally get, but today, this is something we're going to try. And if we don't like it, then here's your out. And I'm going to be talking about kind of the in and out strategy later on in today's episode, making sure your kids have an in, a way to buy in and a way to buy out.
1: So in today's world, we are busy. We're stretching every direction. How could we possibly have time to eat dinner as a family, let alone make dinners at home? We have many strategies to help you in addition to what we talked about last week, which we'll review at the end. Hopefully, these will help to make your evenings less chaotic when you're all home together. One tip is to cook your meals ahead of time. So that way you're not trying to get home. Everybody is getting in, things are chaotic, and you're trying to make food. So if you work from home or you have flexible hours, hours or you stay at home, then you can make the meal while your kids are napping or at school. This way all you have to do is reheat it. It makes for a smoother evening when everyone is home, tired and hungry. If you work all day, then plan to make the meals on the weekend or the night before to help with less chaos after work and school.
0: Mm-hmm. And as a mom that was working over 40 hours a week, and I say over 40 because I was in education. Yeah and <laughs> what's on paper is never accurate. Yep. <laughs> I utilized meals that could cook while I was away. And I also would try to have a 20 minute meal that I could just kind of grab, dump, and go. Well, at least one of those meals a week where it was like, all right, it might not be in my original meal plan, but this is my like, okay, Mm -hmm. grab and go. This is our quick dinner. Everybody's gonna eat it. It'll be fine. I don't really have to do much to get it going. Again, that wasn't a restaurant. It wasn't eating out and it wasn't a box meal. I haven't bought boxed meals I think so. I've been married to my husband. We've been married for over 10 years now. I think I did box meals in the very beginning. Like those ones where it comes with like the bright orange sauce. <laughs> There's like not even enough pasta to go around. And like the freeze dried vegetable.
1: Yeah. And I ate, I ate those. I ate those. I know. Oh, I know. I can't tell you how many pizza rolls I ate. <laughs> as a like young adult <laughs> i would eat those like ramen like not ramen noodles but like those like
0: asian-y bowls yeah from, like, 16 separate plastic packages you can fill like, a, an entire waste basket with the waste from one of those oh, little yeah. meals and it was like, sodium overload my point is like if you are planning your meals plan like, a bug out meal like oh man Okay, we had to go to the store. We had to go buy the poster board for your project. We have 20 minutes. I don't want to go through a drive through. Here's
1: a meal. <laughs> it's like having sub plans. Yes. Like you as a exactly. teacher, you know? Yeah, that's your sub meal. I always have like something extra that I buy for us. It's even just like a pasta dish. If I'm like, man, I don't have time tonight. Here's some pasta. We like to buy the gluten-free pasta because then it's made with either quinoa or lentils or something like that. I love the banza, the chickpea yeah, pasta. Yeah, exactly. And I feel the like then we're getting... We're getting kind of more nutrients than just a wheat pasta. You know, that's always something that I feel like we always have here is like a quick, throw those noodles in, add some frozen veggies, some sauce, boom. There you go.
0: (laughs) Having those quick things ready to go. And if you
1: have like frozen ones that all you have to do is reheat, then that's definitely something right now because as you said you have young children I also do mine's only three and a half so he's not in school all day he doesn't have after school activities yet so I feel like right now it's not that unmanageable but eventually it will be for some people it is like some people have multiple kids that they're getting multiple places at night so you really have to kind of work with the schedule you have and the time you have and kind of time block it and fill in like okay I can cook on this day this day this day at this time and be able to do that and then you'll see it's just so much easier because then you're not stressing about oh my gosh what are we all going to do for dinner tonight
0: You're somebody who has a large family like six in my opinion six seven eight kids is a large family there's a girl that I follow on YouTube. Her name's Jordan Page. She has this whole website and blog called Fun Cheaper Free. She has an amazing system on how she packs her children's lunches, how she handles her pantry items, freezer mm-hmm. items, how she organizes her refrigerator in, and her kitchen in order to have home-cooked meals for her, in my opinion, large family on a daily basis. And that they eat out very infrequently. Number one, affordability. My goodness, can you imagine feeding all of those children of multiple ages? Like her youngest, she has twins. She's She's a wonderful mother, in my opinion. But she's somebody I think to go, her name's Jordan Page, free.com. We're not affiliated with her at all. She's just someone I've been following for years mm-hmm. for this exact moment of like, oh my gosh, I need to pack all my kids' lunches. How can they get snacks easily and independently? Because I want them to be independent eaters. I want them to be independent in their choices for their own health. And I want them to also express what they like and don't like. It's okay to not like things. Mm-hmm. Um She has some nice ideas.
1: All right. So another thing you can do when you guys get home and everybody is coming in the door, kind of transitioning from being at work and school to being home is to just do a take 10. So take 10 minutes as a family and just spend time together 10 minutes really nothing out of your whole night go outside play a quick game have a dance party read a book talk about the day go for a walk those are just some ideas and this is just a great way for you to unwind transition to being home it allows your kids to have some time where they have your full attention Mm -hmm. and this will also allow for getting ready for dinner then to be less hectic with them because they're not trying to tell you everything that they did that day while you're trying to get the food out and get it ready. They're not trying to say, can I show you something? Can you do something? They've had your attention for that time. And then you can say, okay, now let's get dinner ready. And then you have time to connect during dinner, which we'll talk about in a minute. But just having that time of being home, they want so badly to share things with you or just see you. That's why sometimes I feel like it's hard to get in and try to cook with children because they're wanting your attention. So if you can just give them that first, then they're going to be more willing to let you do what you need to do then.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. I know that was a hard lesson I had to learn with my six-year-old when she was younger because I was teaching full-time. So she was at a home care and then she'd come home and it would just be a major meltdown. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was just because, you know, she missed mom, she missed dad, you know, she was in a different place and there was that transition happening. But when we kind of established and we were intentional with okay when we come home it's floor time we're on the floor we're playing we're here with you hugs all the things she can kind of get out whatever emotions were pent up from the day just kind of reconnect that really helped the next you know four hours of the evening with the rest of the routines with cooking and eating and baths and all of that thing so i agree just having an, an intentional space of time for the evenings where you plan it and it becomes a routine, it really does help.
1: Yeah, and 10 minutes, 15 minutes is not that much where you can just kind of have that transition. Kids really need transitions and they struggle with transitions. And this is something I've really learned with my toddler is he really needs prepped on this is what's happening. Just having that time, you know, it's not that long of a time, like you said, in your whole span of your night. To just be able to connect and then carry on. Like, okay, we're home, school and work is done, here we are, here's how the day went, here's something fun, now let's move on. So, another thing you can do, and I've never done this, and maybe you have you can use a grocery delivery service if you have a specifically busy week or you need food to prepare so personally I haven't done this the former me I know last week I talked about how much I hated grocery shopping but have like loved to have had a grocery service just bring me all my food to my house because I hated grocery shopping so much I actually love going I love seeing what new items there are I like picking out my own produce and my groceries myself it's kind of my calming time I just Mm -hmm. love going I go first thing when it's not busy, no one's there and I can just be. <laughs> so yeah. so I really love it. But I have had clients and friends that use this and find it super helpful. So if that's something that you're like, man, I just cannot find the time to shop, then use those things, especially the time we're in now, a lot more stores are doing curbside, a lot more stores are doing Instacart and all of those that where they deliver them for you. So, you know, take advantage of that. If that's something that you think would help you be less frantic when it comes to meal planning and dinner time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've done those meal services. I've done Blue Apron. I want to caveat and say that like I did this during the summertime as self-care for myself where I would get blue apron meals mm-hmm. um, like one or two I think maybe it was two meals a week or something like that like every other week four or five meals or something out of the month where I was trying new things because I kind of took it as like a cooking class yeah because it, I think at the time, Blue Apron was a little expensive. And so we kind of had to budget it in a way I'm like, well, let me use this as a way for me to learn some new techniques, and to learn some new cuisine, because I really wanted to expand some of my international cooking techniques, mm-hmm. and some of those foods and spices that I wasn't familiar with. So I did it, I've done that. But I know there's a ton of those meal services that I know there's green ones, there's organic ones, mm-hmm. there's excellent vegan ones, yeah. vegetarian ones, they even have, I know there's a smooth smoothie one where mm-hmm. they just yeah. use those to help yourself. I mean, my husband and I, we were able to budget it out and kind of double it as a self-care. I saved all those recipes. I made a whole binder. I go back to them frequently. Mm-hmm. I learned new techniques. My kids got to try things that I wouldn't necessarily have them try initially like saffron or some of the more like Middle Eastern flavors. I don't have a background in, but yeah. I was So they got to try things as a toddler. Um, Even if it was just a bite or something, they got Mm -hmm. to experience some of those things. I think that's a really good idea. It's something really fun is do those delivery services.
1: Yeah. And I think that you said even if you do it even once a week or a couple times a month or something like that, that's going to eliminate some of that stress that you might have. Yeah, definitely something you can check out. Say you do have to do some cooking or prepping while you have your little ones or even your big kids for that matter around. Here's some things that you can do that help. So that way it's not so crazy. I know my three-year-old loves being in the kitchen. He loves helping. And sometimes I get really stressed out about it because I feel like he has 900 hands and he's just grabbing <laughs> everything. And sometimes I do have to be like, okay, this is how he's learning though. It is hard though when I'm like, I have a knife and your hand is right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> please move. <laughs> Uh, he just doesn't get it yep. It's all right. But I actually do love that he loves being involved. And this is really one of the best ways of getting your kids to enjoy mealtime. Enjoy food is mm-hmm. to, first of all, let them observe you cooking. So if they're little, just have them in there watching what you're doing. If you have babies and toddlers, just having them being in there and doing, even if it's something that they could do, you know, if it's, toddlers maybe like I'd have him get up and rinse the beans in the colander I had and- my daughter
0: I had her sitting one of those like bumbo chairs yeah yeah oh that's my what I was gonna
1: say yep be-
0: number one I needed to keep an eye on her right and maybe her husband wasn't home from work or something like that so it was just me and her at the time and then I wanted to be able to actually make us food so she here you go you're on the counter hi <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna yeah. hang with us and we I just would talk to her about what we were doing what I'm making
1: <laughs> yeah yep and that's what, what I was doing? just gonna say is Talk to them about because they're interested, yeah, and that's just the best way of getting them into what you're doing. Have them hand you items or utensils or wash produce at the sink and hand it to you. Have them toss a salad with you together. Just doing little things where they can be involved yep. is going to be huge in helping them connect to food and healthy food and build those healthy habits. One thing, and
0: I know you had planned you were gonna say something about giving them like something to munch on while you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember giving my daughter a cucumber sticks, big sticks of cucumber, and her just like gnawing on it with her, you know, 14. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, cucumber seeds and juice everywhere but she's just not away on her little cucumber
1: <laughs> Aww, so cute!
0: And i think that's one way to get your little kids like your you know eight months olds that are kind of can sit up and they can maybe do some of that baby led weeding where they're eating a big chunk of something while you are cooking that's a great way to keep them occupied <laughs> they get to eat they're not so cranky if they're hungry obviously if you're making a meal mealtime's coming and we all know kids can get pretty cranky when they're hungry
1: yep and you can definitely get your food prepared much quicker when they are dying of starvation, <laughs> you know, and especially yeah. if they've been at school, you know, they're hungry. So giving them like a healthy snack, fruits, veggies to kind of nibble on, you can kind of think of as a little appetizer for them. Obviously don't give them so much that they're not going to want to eat their food, but just kind of giving them that, it gives you more time. To prepare food and get it ready because they're not crying that they're starving.
0: My kids, I have them be my taste tester. I'll give them pasta. Like, you know, when I check pasta, see if it's done or not, I'm like, here, test it. Tell me, is it done? And even if it's not completely done, then they feel that, they experience that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if I'm making a soup or a sauce, here, taste tester, do I need more salt? You know, can I need taste testers? They love doing that. If I'm whipping up mashed potatoes, my kids love licking (laughs) the spoon that I was mixing with. Yeah, They love taste testing and being a taste tester And it gives them a sense of control, too, Mm -hmm. over what they're eating and what they're doing. "Hmm, Mom, I think you need more salt. And they go, "Okay, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for your culinary input. It's great to get them involved that way as well.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So another thing you can have them do, too, is especially if your little kids like to create you can give them something to decorate that has to do with the meal so give them paper crayons markers whatever have them make placemats name tags have them write out question cards for conversation starters make little menus So something that they can just sit there with you in the kitchen. They can work on it while you finish getting things ready. And then they can use it while you are having dinner. And then it kind of helps them to be included in the process.
0: I like the idea of playing like restaurant. Mm -hmm. My daughter is really into little notepads. Mm She's six. So she'll, you know, take her notepad around and I'll say, Okay, go ask daddy what he wants on his chili. Here's our toppings. What does he want to put on top? And then I would have her go pretend and take his order. I also having meals where there's things to sprinkle on top is an amazing way to get them to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Just having (laughs) something that they can mix in or top or try, Mm -hmm. having a salad bar type station is, I know, really motivating for my kids because they'll see that, you know, in their salad, my kids love salad. They love it because they can go, okay, I want two tomatoes and I want six peppers. They like building their own bowl. So I think giving kids the opportunity to choose their own foods when you give them healthy choices is. Is really
1: helpful yeah i agree we also even do like i made a soba noodle bowl and i had the sauce already mixed in but then i brought it out and let ezra put like a little drip of sauce you know not very much because i already had it on there but just him being able to like add a little extra yep. to his own bowl was ooh, mm-hmm. like you said any of that kind of gives them like ownership over what they're eating and that really helps them make that connection so you can also have them help set and clear the table even if it's just hey can you get the napkins or the silverware just having them help and be a part of that is great it builds character for them is just a great thing to start with one thing i know you and i had both already kind of discussed with each other was about turning off tv and other screens and using this time to really connect so talk about the day you can play little games with each other you can read stories play cards you can even color when our little guy was younger. He loved coloring. We had a book and coloring stuff that just stayed at the table because he needed something to do. He couldn't just sit there. And so having that kind of helped and we did not resort to getting screens out or anything like that. Sometimes he requests music so we can use that on a speaker, but just setting those good habits now will really help them learn how dinner time goes. And it's never too late to start those habits. So you can't be like, well, you know, you have little toddlers so it's easy to do that it'll take a little bit to get going but you can definitely do that anytime even if you don't have kids it's really good to step away from your screens and have dinner and connect even with just the person you live with
0: it totally is and i know my kids sometimes they'll bring something they created or made during the day They'll bring it to the table to talk about like discussion topic type things. So like if my son makes something with Legos, he wants to bring it and talk about it because he could probably talk about that for 20 minutes. So I think setting the precedence that mealtime is for us to talk and connect as a family, doing ways to encourage your kids to participate in that way. We also play little games. My husband and I with their kids will say, okay, everybody get your spoon, make the best bite like right now, make your best bite and hold it up and we do a little air cheer and everybody takes their best bite and we make a big deal about going mm, yeah, that was the best bite <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and what was in your bite <laughs> <was> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll go to my husband oh let's try daddy's bite daddy put this in his bite let's try that together so then I think any parent will relate to just getting them to take a bite battle <laughs> mm-hmm. just take a bite making that an appropriate way to play with your food and to have fun with it. So it's, again, enjoyable Mm -hmm. and they're still eating it. And it's not just so much of take this, eat this now.
1: Yeah, I think you can even make a theme for the night or even a week, talk about that during dinner time. For example, if your kids are really interested in dinosaurs, you could do that just for the night. You can make food that goes with it if you have time and you wanna get really creative with it. It could just be something as simple as not even really having to plan, but you could just be like, okay tonight let's talk about dinosaurs what are your favorite ones what do you know about them then the next night you can make up a story about dinos and each person adds on to the story and you make this funny silly story and while you're doing that your kids are eating Mm -hmm. that's what's really cool and then they get excited about looking forward to what's coming next so then maybe the next night you play a little matching game about dinosaurs they're looking forward to dinner time instead of fighting it or dreading it and it actually turns into more fun for really everybody because it gives them something to look forward to it's just an extension of their day instead of this thing that we have to do
0: being a teacher sometimes I'd get burnt out with planning all those mm-hmm. things so a lot of times if I needed to jazz up dinner time we'd say okay it's picnic dinner yeah we'd literally just put a blanket down on the floor and whatever we we're eating for dinner we just eat it on the floor which is a picnic We talk about picnics and just make it a picnic. You know what? We're going to make a fort. We're going to eat in the fort today. We participate. We sit in there. Mm -hmm. Dinner in the fort. Eating outside. One of my most favorite things to do and being in Ohio, the window of opportunity to eat outside is very, it comes and goes very quickly. So we really like to eat outside as much as we can. And that sometimes alone gets the kids excited enough for whatever we're eating. If Mm -hmm. we're just outside. So just changing your environment is helpful. Changing what you do during that time besides just, it neat you know like you said talk about dinos talk about topics play a matching game make up a silly story those types of things are really helpful to again make that mealtime period a time of connection
1: if you have the time and ability you can be as creative as you want with this i know someone who is doing the 50 states and so each state they're learning about their kids are homeschooled so they're using as an extension of their lessons so they're talking about those states and then they're discovering foods from those states so then dinner time is that kind of food and then they're talking about what they've learned and the cultural part of it so
0: of I know. Seeds. Oh my gosh. I'd love yeah. to that like international cuisine, you know. Yeah, like, so you eating food from Finland or something. I love that idea. Yeah.
1: You can make this really as fun and exciting as you want, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, like I said, it could be as simple as, let's make up a story about T T-Rex. What do you want to name him? And your kid says the name and then dad says, well, we're going to have him be a baseball player. You know, like you can just make up a silly story that you're all thinking about and then and you're eating during it and a lot of that helps your kids just keep eating because they're excited they're engaged and they're not just sitting there dreading what is in front of them and it being this huge task of like eat 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 and again i think
0: productive play would work to your advantage here when i was a kid my mom would cut up our food and put toothpicks in it that's all she would do and provide a dip of some sort mm-hmm. okay my brother and i we were like this is like the sample day at the grocery store. <laughs> And now that I'm older and we're not going to grocery stores, my kids don't really experience sample day as I did, you know, in the Uh nineties, um, showing my age now (laughs) is I got reusable animal toothpicks. These things were like, I think $7 for a pack of like 20 of animal toothpicks. And they love them because I'm like, look at the puppy. He's on the potato. (laughs) What's he doing? (laughs) He's falling over. You know, if the toothpick falls over, he's falling over. Save him, save him. Eat the Uh, potato.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Kids learn through play. So I know so many parents are like, you know, you have to teach manners. But if you're going to teach manners, teach it through play. Mm -hmm. When you're at home, it should be their safe, comfy space. Yes, you have to teach manners. Don't play with your food. Everybody has this mindset. Don't play with your food. They'll make a mess. But if you tell kids, listen, you can play with your food and still eat. And then as they get older, then they can learn those social norms and your expectations as a parent for their behavior when you're at a restaurant or in someone else's home. But right now at home, when so many people are eating together, you got to get that joy in there.
1: Yep. And that's going to really make your kids be more willing to try the foods you're putting in front of them because they do feel like they're in a safe space and it's, an encouraging space for them being as encouraging as you can with them also if you give them something and they don't like it keep trying don't just be like well they didn't like that so they'll never eat broccoli try it in a different way try it in a different dish i think even when i was starting to do foods with my son it said to try the same food 10 times before being like no they don't like it i must have
0: read the same article (laughs) i remember hearing that too yeah and it's true
1: yeah Yeah. Don't just give up on it and be like, well, they just won't ever eat this. You have to just be consistent with it, but not discouraging.
0: Well, you don't want to start them off with a negative mindset. So you don't want to say, Oh, we're gonna try broccoli again. I know you didn't like it this time. We're doing it again. It's oh broccoli. Last time we had it raw. This time it's cooked. Is that Mm -hmm. the same or is it different? And wait, wait, wait a second. Here's a piece of raw broccoli. Here's a piece of cooked broccoli. Which one do you like better, mm-hmm. and why? Again, giving the kid an opportunity to form their own opinion, and you're not throwing it at them. A lot of times, I will see, and I know I'm—I've done this before without knowing it too. I'll say, "Oh no, he doesn't like that." Nope, nope, he won't eat that. Mm-hmm. And then the kid is hearing you say this. Your yeah. child is going, "My mom says I don't eat this. I don't eat this." Your child will do So I know I have slipped up and done this before, but when I'm being conscious. I'll have to say, oh, well, last time you did it, do you still not like this? Really? You still don't? Mm -hmm. Well, this time it's different. Let's try it this time. So giving them an in, a buy-in, and an out. This is my in and out strategy. Any food that my kids are struggling with, I try to give them an in and out. Hey, here's your in. What would it be like if you liked it today? I wonder if you like it now that it's cooked. Well, this time it's a different sauce. Did you know that? Give them an in so if they they feel comfortable trying it again and then give them an out. Well, remember, here's a napkin. If you don't like it, spit it out, honey. You're mm-hmm. allowed to spit it out. Here's how to appropriately say no. Because you also want them to feel empowered to say no if they don't like something because there's foods I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids to have a huge, embarrassing reaction to a food they don't like either. So I want to teach them how to appropriately say, no, not for me today. So we, I know, just dumped... A million strategies to hopefully make your mealtimes more enjoyable with your children. I want to know what's working and what's not working. I want to hear about people that have tried something and it worked. Or like, no, something disastrous, you know, one of those Pinterest fails. (laughs) Yeah, I tried your strategy and it, mm, no. Probably not going to work. Make sure that you're connecting with us on Facebook so Jess and I and the entire board from Love the Green Life can support you and talk to you. We love talking about this stuff. We love helping people with this. I know a lot of the board members have kids of varying ages. They have definitely gone through their own family journeys when it comes to mealtimes and making it enjoyable for themselves. So if you are listening and you try these things out, let us know. Connect with us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you.
1: All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. We would love for you to follow us, leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Your support will
1: help our nonprofit be able to do more good in the world. See you next time.